0: The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the
1: business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the email marketing show, we're talking about email marketing for coaches and how to sell on autopilot.
0: You know, I know we have a bunch of people who are coaches who come and join like our free Facebook group, the Email Marketing Show community. Mm -hmm. And they will quite often have the same question, which is, oh, well, this is all well and good. And everyone says this, by the way. This is all well and (laughs) good. It's not just someone else's business. It's all well and good if you sell cake on the internet or if you sell eBooks. Everyone else thinks everyone else's business is easier to sell with email. So listen, if you're in that pool where you're thinking, Why why am I wet? Uh, No, If 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 you're in that pool and you're thinking, this doesn't work for me, surely, um, then come and hang out in our free Facebook group and ask those questions there. How does this apply to me and how can I use it? Um, The group is called The Email Marketing Show Community. It's basically a group that we formed in order to have all these cool conversations that we start on the podcast and keep them going. So just go to Facebook on your phone or your computer or whatever and search for The Email Marketing Show Community. It's a totally free group to join. It's thousands of other people in there all asking the same sorts of questions and trying to figure it out for themselves and great help from us and the other people in there too. So go and search for The Email Marketing Show Community and jump on board.
1: He wants to delete Facebook. It's comedy hypnotist Robert
0: Temple. And he once asked a Premier League footballer who they are. It's psychological mind reader Kennedy.
1: Kennedy can get inside your head. You're not a huge expert on the footballs, are you? No, I'm not. I'm not. The sports um, are a little bit of a thing for me. So I, I was at this party. And uh, yeah, there was this guy there And I went, hello, what's your name? And he said, Michael And I said, "And what do you do for a living? Turns out he's a very famous um, Premier League footballer And so the other, the other people in the room were also And they all found it bloody hilarious That I haven't got a clue who Michael Owen was So He's, a,
0: he's, a, he's a household name, just not in your household
1: Yeah, exactly His household, I reckon
0: I suppose... I went, you could ask Gary Lineker who he
1: is as well. Uh, no, because I like palaver. CRISPs. So I know who Gary Lineker is. <laughs> I'm all right with Gary Lineker. Um So you want to delete Facebook? Like, you want to just go around Zuckerberg's house and just delete the platform? Just or? delete it, yeah. Uh, I just, I hate Facebook, I've come to
0: realise. Apart from like our group. See, our group. There's a, Say, there's a, group. a handful, there's a handful <laughs> of small groups like ours that I really like. If I could just <laughs> Quickly, be on there. He's
1: backpedaling. Tell them why it's great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want to be on Facebook. I hate all to be of that. Facebook.
1: If they would just leave our free Facebook group, that'll be excellent.
0: <laughs> the primary reason why I haven't deleted Facebook is because we've got Facebook groups. Like, if we yeah. didn't have them, I'd be like, oh, but people just post drivel on there. Of all the platforms, I think it's the most toxic. Oh, dear. see. Well, I, 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 well only because I don't use Twitter.
1: Well, Twitter's pretty bad, but, like, I think toxicity, I think... Um, I didn't know. I knew that. We knew that word, but there you go. But for uh, for start, oh, toxicity. But um, but uh, I think Instagram, in terms of oh, like see,
0: I, showing people, it,
1: it, showing people like the the beautiful, everything's beautiful. My life is perfect. Oh my god! It's oh, so but nice. that depends
0: who you follow, doesn't it? So like, I just don't follow any people that make me feel yeah. like that. I don't want to say so. where I follow
1: as a twat, but um, you know, if you, if you if I follow you, you know who I'm talking about. No, I'm I sure. follow
0: the people whose lives look really sad and pathetic. <laughs> Great, like, the ones who like. They're posting so pictures So for them, like, oh,
1: those people, you're the twat.
0: No, because they don't have to follow me. They can follow people who are even more pathetic than them.
1: Oh, that's good. So it's just literally, oh, look so at it's how piracy, you
0: know? It's a pyramid scheme of patheticity. Patheticity. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, toxicity and patheticity. Uh, No, uh, for some reason, I just I enjoy spending time on Instagram. I don't enjoy spending time on Facebook. There you go. Mm. Welcome to the social media marketing show.
1: (laughs) God. (laughs) Hello. By the way, every week on this show, we actually talk about uh, how you make more sales and earn more money from your email subscribers. Uh, We talk about email marketing strategy, psychology tactics, and share what's working right now to make more sales online, making you the email marketing hero of your business. With a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday, make sure that you hit the subscribe button on your podcast player so you don't miss out on a single nugget. I want to give a big shout out
0: to Brad. Um, Brad has a membership site. Um, and, uh, well, the first thing he did was he came and joined our free Facebook group because Facebook excellent. You should definitely be in the free Facebook group. Uh, then he joined our paid membership, which has a paid membership Facebook group, which is also on Facebook and Facebook. Excellent. So you should go and join both of those. Anyway, <laughs> I spend loads of time ran. on
1: Instagram as well. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm not saying I'm perfect.
0: <laughs> he then ran loads of, uh, he's run loads of our stuff, but most recently, uh, Brad ran our time Lord campaign, which is a four day sales campaign and added 47 new members into his membership. I was just doing some little sums, just literally while the theme tune was playing there, and we were gassing on. Um, Interesting thing. I realized, I don't know how much Brad's membership is, but let's take like a really average amount of money that a membership site could be, like $47. If he added uh, 47 new members, 47 times 47... Um, that's $2,209 in recurring revenue. But over the course of 12 months, that's $26,000. Can we just take that into account for a second? Now, if his membership's a bit less than that or a bit more than that, it might be $15,000 a year. It might be $50,000 a year. Who knows? But you can do that math for yourself. Four days and a handful of emails over those four days. Um, and he's added $26,500 in annual revenue to his business just from one campaign. That's insane. So massive
1: kudos to Brad. Yeah, well done. Just for doing the work. That's what we keep saying. Just do the work. And that's what, by reading out some of the wins from our members, that we're, what we're hoping to do is inspire everyone who doesn't the show. Just do the work. Like, don't make it complicated. Just do something. Because the doing of the things is the things that get the results, right? So... Um, we're here to talk about coaches specifically using email marketing because I know sometimes um, some coach friends, coaching friends of ours, say, "Oh, how do I apply that? And how do I use that? And what should I be particularly doing in a coaching business where I'm selling a higher ticket item? I'm often selling my time either in a small group group coaching situation or one-to-one coaching, and sometimes it was offline and mostly online. So I, I get that. Like everybody feels like, how do you apply this to my particular situation? So. In the past, we've talked about doing email marketing, um, elements of email marketing for membership sites. We've talked about selling, uh, doing email marketing for uh, inexpensive, low-ticket items. But coaching is, is, a, is slightly different. So um, the first thing I, I like to think about is a really important thing that we have to realize is as coaches, we're selling often higher-ticket items, and we're usually having a much more intimate relationship than just a, an e-book or, a, or something like that because we're spending time with that person trying to get personal attention personal help and that requires someone before they can buy from us to have a higher level of trust that spending that amount of money is not gonna end up me back where i started and just with the big hole in my bank balance and a bunch of regret and self-hate for not not doing better due diligence and also for um for making sure that i don't feel that I'm going to be too vulnerable. That I trust in the process that person's going to put me through. And I'm not going to be exposed. So if somebody joins one of our coaching programs, we've got a, a program called the Email Engine Accelerator. You know, it's it's a it's a larger investment. It's a very intensive experience. But if someone thought for a second that oh, I'm going to put out these emails, and what if you know it blows my business up and sinks my business in the ground, and like that's a terrible situation for somebody to be in. So we need to show them what the process is. We need to use email marketing to communicate that. They can trust us, and that this stuff works. That your process works, right? Yeah, I'm totally. And another
0: thing about this is the fact that uh, coaches, I think, more than a lot of businesses, coaches and service providers both fall mm-hmm. into this camp, um, feel like they need to hustle for the next client. Did you oh, feel yes. like that? Long before we were, long before we were working together, and before we'd even really figured out this email marketing thing, you also had a. We both had a higher ticket coaching thing it wasn't one-on-one, it was a small, it was a small group, but like, I always felt like I was sort of hustling for the next client because I had not yeah. figured out how to do this email marketing thing as correctly as we have now. Did you feel that way?
1: Yeah. I mean, I just felt like, right, okay. I've like that, that round's come to an end or I've got a gaps opened up because in mine, it was like renewable. So most people renew, but you always had like one person would drop out. They were changing business. Mine was in a specific niche and they would like leave the niche or something like that. And yeah, I was like, oh, now I'm going to go and hustle to fill that spot. I think it's probably, you don't get that if you
0: are selling, just to go back to my examples from earlier, cake on the internet, or you're selling a membership site, or you're selling uh, ebooks or something. It's not about hustling for the next client, because you can't hustle for a $12 cake or a $12 dollars book or something. You, you've, you either have a business and you've got customers buying it, or you haven't. You sure, you want more, but like you've either got a business and customers are buying it, or you haven't. Whereas with like a coaching thing where... Truthfully, if you charge enough money, you can have one client and have a really great business. Like if you know if Tony Robbins only needs one client, and he's still not going to be poor, is he? So I think you, you, it does feel like like you are like you're constantly trying to like herd sheep back into a pen, and then if one escapes and and runs away, you need to get another one. It's it's an interesting balance. It's it's a, it's a unique it's a unique thing to that business model. I think.
1: Yeah, I think it is, and I think one of the things that's really interesting what you can do with email marketing is you can. Replace that idea of hustling with having leads being generated, so you're attracting new people in who are great prospects um, uh, for, for your coaching program. Then you can do all of that nurturing and building up value and building up the perceived value of the outcome and and building up their confidence in not just in. It's really important as a coach you have to build up people's confidence that you've got the answer, but also that they can get the result. And that's a really important thing in communication when you're selling coaching. You've got to build people's confidence that not only does your thing work and get them the result, but that they can get the result in spite of what they might have tried before or have never tried before. You've got two bunch of people. You've got a bunch of people who've never done anything like this before. And they're like, oh my God, what if I can't do this? I've got no evidence that I can even make this work you your first timers and you've got probably even more people who've been promised things over and over and over again and they're thinking, well, oh, I fucked it up last time because I didn't do that or I wasn't willing to go on camera so that program didn't work or I wasn't able to do that thing. I just didn't do... In, You've got themselves and you've got to be showing people using really simple automated email sequences that they can have confidence in you your system, the results they can get, and the fact that they themselves can do it. And the way you do that is just by overcoming objections, by showing them how your program overcomes those things, how it's how it works in spite of their previous failings, or in spite of the fact that they've never had any experience doing this before, right? So, what you can do by having by having some really simple email automations for your coaching business specifically or if you've got a coaching element to your business for that part is you can move people through those stages by writing emails once, by sitting down and doing all of that thinking, all of that energy and sitting strategically looking at that, system, that process and going, I need to move people from this place to this place. What are the steps between point A and point B? What are all the things they need to go through in order to have that confidence in themselves to be able to do it? And that I and my process and my program will do that thing, right? And what's the result of that? The result of that is while you're delivering this cohort, this round of the of your coaching program, you are also nurturing people at all times it's not like oh my god now i need to go and hustle and oh here they are again posting on social media because they must have their new coaching program open again instead of that what you've got is people constantly coming through being nurtured and as a result we've got members in the league telling us that with doing this approach and their coaching program they're selling their next coaching spots for their next cohort 12 months before it even opens. 12 months. Imagine in 12 months' time when you come to open up that cohort. That you don't have to go and hustle, but instead they're all lined up. They're all excited to be lucky enough and ex and and and, and fortunate enough to be in the program. And you got paid months ago. So your cash flow is amazing. And I used to talk to entertainers, I used to coach entertainers, about cash flow being so important get paid earlier because you can now use that money to have a nice time generate more leads do whatever it is that you want to do so doing having email to move people through makes it totally hands off so you can do the thing you flip and love doing coaching What's- people
0: What's funny is you got so excited there by getting paid 12 months in advance. And even though I've got headphones on and nobody else in the in the house can hear what you're saying, the dog started barking. So Alfie got very excited about the idea of getting paid. Biscuits up front. Yes. 12
1: months in advance.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I get um, a bone.
0: And one of the things, one of the reasons why this works so well, by the way, is I think with the coaching thing, again, it comes back to this hustling bit one of the reasons it feels like that is you constantly just, you, you don't know where anybody is in your world and like how close is anyone to buying from you and it, it all feels a bit muddy. Whereas actually what the way we think about using email specifically and why coaches should focus on email marketing is that it's very granular, right? All you need is you need a phase i don't want to use the word a sequence that's what i was thinking originally but like you need a phase which is just moving each person towards their next step so for example you want to be sending emails to a bunch of people on your list that are sending them to that are giving them content and when i say content i don't mean blog posts and stuff randomly for the sake of it but i mean the content in your emails the way we talk about um writing it uh maybe a webinar where you you do a pitch for an application on the end um maybe a video where you pitch people just you know campaigns generally so emails with content in them somehow and then you want to drive those people towards applying to work with you and then when somebody's filled in the application form the first stage is done for that person right now your emails have a different job your emails now have the job of getting them to um book a call if they're qualified great okay great once somebody's booked a call that bit's done you can box that off and now the next bit is to say okay great how do i get that person to make sure they attend the call okay fabulous once somebody's attended the call you can either close them on the call in which case your job's done or you don't in which case you go okay great in that case i need to get that person to buy even though they didn't buy on the call that doesn't mean that's closed unless they said no i can keep trying to work on it and when they do eventually buy then you've got a phase of emails that's about getting them to renew if you've got a thing that's annually renewing or you know whatever or you know if if a piece of work comes to an end you want them to take the next one and so all you ever have to really do is look at it as a very granular, like a CRM approach of, well, I've got a thousand people on my list. How many of them are currently in the phase where I'm just trying to get them to apply for a call? That's going to be the majority, by the way, um, or your business is upside down. How do I get, like, where? how many people are in that phase? 900... 900- 50. Okay, great. So of the other 50, where are those 50? Well, there's 25 who are currently in the bit where they've applied, but they haven't booked a call yet. Okay, great. There's 10 who booked a call. There's basically going to be these phases and you just have to look at where each person is. And then you can slowly go, do you know what? I've got loads of people on my list who are receiving my emails, but they're never applying for a call. I'd probably need to assess those people a bit better. I probably need to assess that process a bit better rather. Uh, and because it's very granular, you can just look at each bit and go, where's my weak link and where's my biggest opportunity, uh, to improve that.
1: And the beautiful thing about this is you write it once and you now me- it now means you've got consistency. Every single person is seeing those same emails, which you know have converted, or if there's one that's not converting, you go in and fix it, and now it's fixed for everybody. It creates consistency. We often talk about creating these email engines, these chains of email sequences, is the asset in your business that you're building? You build it once, and it turns into into more um, into more sales and turns on a bigger return than you invested in it. And the, here's the cool thing: Rob mentioned about you. you, t- you said about um, becoming a call. You don't even have to do sales calls, right? We know uh, we've got a member of the league who um, almost sold out. Definitely filled up a significant amount of, if not sold out. Um, her mastermind, a high price mastermind without speaking to a single person that was Sheila Bennett right we know someone who's in the mastermind we're a member of they have a $15,000 offer where they don't don't have a sales call there is no speaking to somebody so again this is all absolutely possible with the right conversion things in but the really important thing here is that it's about moving people from one stage to the next stage they're on your list now can I get them to consume some content to move them up now can I get them on that location form? now they qualify as Rob said going through that so really 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 possible. So let's um let's take a look at a typical sort of sales funnel for a coach and what that might look like.
0: Yeah, so I mean basically there's two real major options. One of them we really like and one of them we really dislike. One of them and I always sort of cringe when I see this a bit is uh, and it's just personal opinion. I'm sure that they've got a really good argument for doing it, but um is Uh, book a call and you click the button and it takes you to their calendar booking system, like Calendly or the ones that aren't Calendly. (laughs) Um, And then, unfortunately, uh, but one of them. And then you click on a thing, you fill out a form and suddenly you've got 30 minutes in that person's diary the next time. Now, I've never gone through that process as a client, I don't think. Maybe I have, but I don't remember it. But basically, I I can only assume that what's going to happen there is you're going to have a very brief call with somebody that's going to be like a filtering process. And then if you qualify, then you're going to get pushed through to the next bit, um, which is like a a sales call of some description or whatever. And for me, they've got a lot of hard work to do. They need good salespeople who really know how to close fairly cool prospects. It's it's a
1: numbers game as well, isn't it? You're going to get a lot of on the call with loads of unqualified people who are at the wrong stage of trying to do whatever it is you're doing. Uh, They haven't got the right budget. They haven't got the right amount of time. They know almost nothing.
0: Or at least you've got you you've no you've no idea as to how much the client knows and you know very you know nothing about them. That's really. even worse. You don't
1: even know what you don't know at that point. You don't know. Yeah,
0: you don't know. The the flip of that, which is what we like to do, which is to have people raise their hand for something and say, "I'm interested." So reply to an email, click on a link, watch a video, or something, attend a webinar, um, and then fill in an application form that I mentioned before. And then when they fill in that application form, they answer a whole bunch of questions about who they are, where they're at, what they're looking for, why they want it, why they want it from you, why they want it now, if they want it now. A whole bunch of questions designed to pre-qualify them. And then only if they pass a set of filters do they get the calendar booking system for the call. We do an interesting thing, which Kennedy will tell you about in a second, if if they don't qualify. Rather than just saying, no, we have an alternative, which means we still don't get time wasters on the call because of the language that's used. But it does give them an opportunity. If, If our form, let's face it. However clever the form is, we use Response Suite, our soft our survey platform for these forms, and it's incredibly clever what you can do in order to filter people. But it's still a machine; it's not doing AI. It's still a fairly binary: did they did they meet these criteria? And the answer is yes or no. And if they've scored a certain amount off the basis of of meeting any of these criteria, then did they get it? And it's still a fairly binary yes or no, which means it doesn't take into account nuance because it just can't. And so. And that's the same, whatever application form you're using, it's going to have that limitation to it. So whilst it does a really good job of filtering out the absolute, that almost certain no's, there are some people where it goes, actually, do you know what? In your circumstances, because of a, a, a very specific set of circumstances, we're going to give you a chance. We'll talk about how we handle that in a second. But basically, the, so this is the flip of just getting on the phone with anyone. This is put a form in the way that A, just filling in the form is a bit of a task. And therefore it rules out people who are not that serious, which means you get fewer no shows on the call and, and better quality people to speak to. And that sounds horrible saying better quality people, but we all know what I mean. Um, none of those pathetic ones off Instagram, <laughs> no, uh, you get, you get people on the call who are more likely to buy stuff. Um, and so that's what we're looking for. So those are really the two options. And then what you want to do is decide which of those you want to go with and then optimize your email campaigns around
1: that. Yeah. So I'll just sort of touch on what we do when, when somebody is not qualified. So basically, let's say you've got an application form where you want to make sure the person's at a, a certain stage and has the right amount of um, money available to invest in your program. Let's just say it's, it's simply those things that are qualifying or disqualifying people. So if they're a yes, great. They go through that process. Hey, book a call. If it's a no, we really sat down and thought, how do we make it so that That no doesn't feel dickish. So we're not like, I'm sorry, we couldn't possibly talk to you because you haven't got the things. And and so here's what we do. And it turned into something really special, something really amazing. Now, if someone's not a yes, right? So they're a no. They go to this page and it's a video of Rob and I. And it says simply, thanks for filling in the application form. Based purely on the things you said in the form, it looks like we might not be a fit to work together. But that's just a form. That's not a human being. And it's just based on the the cold few, very small amount of information you've given us. So let me tell you what's involved in the program. And at that point, we've now taken the no to being a maybe. And then we're going to go into the real details of what's involved in the program. So we might tell them it's four hours a week of your times needed, you need to be making at least a million dollars in revenue, and the price starts at $12,000. So with all the stuff that's going to basically could potentially be a barrier, the stuff we're trying to prevent people from getting on a call with that objection using the form, all of those things we're going to just tell them what they are outright at that point. So whatever the things you're trying to protect against in through the form, qualification, disqualification process, we're gonna just tell them what they are. This is it's usually the price and the things they need to have in place. You need to have been in business this amount of time, or you need to have already um, been through this program or whatever it's gonna be. And then, so we tell them what those things are. And we say, great, so now that you know that information, there's two buttons below this video. One is if you think, great, I am still qualified for that thing. I still want to talk to somebody about applying for the program. There's a button to do that. And then that takes them onto our Calendly form. The other button below this video is if you think I'm not ready for this program, but actually what I really need is, and then we give like a two minute a summary of a downsell offer. In our case, it's for our membership. If you'd like to do this with us, where we can coach you each month, twice a month, and get our campaigns and blah, 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 and we talk about the league, click the button below and go and check out our membership, the league. Every single week, we have people apply and be successful, and yes, you're a great fit, book a call and book calls. We have people who are not a fit, also book calls after watching the video. And we have people join our league membership as the downsell when they're not qualified as well. That's a win-win-win-win-win. It means you don't end up with a dead end. You don't want a dead end in your funnel. And that's what's amazing about using this approach. Speaking of um, using the right approach, I just want to very, very briefly um, talk about a, a totally different element, which is lead magnets like coaches should and shouldn't be using. I see a big mistake, and it's a really interesting revelation I came up with fairly recently. And that is, when you're trying to get people on your email list as a coach, you want to make sure your lead magnet is attracting the right people and not attracting the wrong people. And that's really important. You want to push away all the wrong people. who don't need what you sell. And you want to attract the people who do want what you sell. And here's a really important thing. Your lead magnet, just go and check wherever your lead magnet is right now to make sure it doesn't do the wrong thing. And that is, You want to make sure you're attracting people who are at the phase of wanting to fix the issue that you solve. You do not want to attract people with your lead magnet who are still in victim mode. They're still basking in their problems. They're still feeling like a victim. It's very difficult to sell to people who are still feeling like a victim and who are not on the search for a solution. Make sure, just check out what is your lead magnet, what's it called, how is it framed to make sure that it really attracts people who are searching for a solution, not people who are addicted to their own misery, addicted to their pain and still in that victim mode. Really, really important thing. So just go and double check and really, uh, really be um, quite critical about your lead magnet to make sure you're bringing the right kinds of people in. That's what a really good lead magnet is for a coach. It's something that focuses on attracting people who want to fix the problem that you solve.
0: From one sharp handbrake turn to another. <laughs> Let's chat about like where social media fits into all of this. So, you know, what's the what's the argument between social media for coaches and email marketing for coaches? And the truth is, it's a very two directional relationship. You need all of those things. Um, you need somewhere where you can build an audience, and then you need somewhere where you can convert them, and then you want to create this like uh, cool infrastructure, this loop, as we talk about in our Group Loops program, where people come in through social. We get them into uh, our email list and then we want to like create this this loop where they're being sent from email back to social, from social back to email. E- everything works together. As long as your social is saying the same thing as your email in terms of like it's pushing the same agenda, if you like, uh, the same propaganda. And so basically what we want to do is to we want to we found that the best place to like social is a really good platform for building an audience. Um as long as you find out what your platform is. So for us, it's a Facebook group. We've always struggled to make Instagram and other places work. So Facebook group um, is the is the is that is ours. So have a platform where you're good at building an audience. Uh, we're good at doing that with Facebook. The right audience, not a big audience, but the right audience, uh, which is more important. And then email is largely used to convert underpinned by by social saying the same thing and it's interesting we've had loads of people in in our world who've come over to the the dark side of email marketing and realized the same thing just the other day one of our members posted in the the den our facebook group for league members saying hey i had never quite acknowledged i'm going to paraphrase um i had never uh, quite acknowledged the um the situation with the, the, the discrepancy between how good social is and how good email is, now I'm doing email. I can say, actually I've got a much bigger social following than my email list size, but I'm getting much higher engagement and profitability from the emails than I am from social. Um, so again, you want to have both. Obviously, it's not a we're not saying we never say email marketing uh, replaces social media. It's a just it has a different job. Uh, email marketing is is used to sell.
1: Yeah, I mean basically for conversion, email allows you to know. What someone is interested in because they've clicked on links and they've they've told you by their actions and basically based on the things that they do in those emails, you're able to create like a like a sensible path to move them closer to buying from that. You can't do that with social, which is why I want to move them over to that. So, um coaches, we should all be definitely using email, as you can see. Uh, that's why you're tuning in the episode. Uh, but for example, if you if you remember the league, some things to check out. Um. The, the the campaign that we told you about, Sheila uh, Sheila Bennett used to to almost sell out her mastermind was called the Temptress campaign. Um, we've got a thing called the Explorer high ticket campaign, um, which is um, where. It's it's our entire process for sending people to an application form that application process and following up after the application form that we just walked you through and we've also got our open day campaign where you could let people sort of sit in and maybe observe one of your sessions for free and they're able again to sort of uh, see how see how you do things and sample it basically right um so but that all said there's a bunch of i think like four or so phases four things that you want to do in your emails specifically for coaches, right? The first one is we want to identify their problems and get them to say that, yeah, that's the specific problem I'm having. So you want to narrow down the problems within the main problem you solve and get people to raise their hands. Then you want to create the desire for your solution to that problem. Not generally for a solution, but for your solution to that problem. Then we'll get people to raise their hands and go, yeah, I want more information about that thing. And then we're going to move people onto some kind of conversion event a webinar, a web class, a, a sales call, a video sales letter, a sales video, something like that, okay? So as coaches, the biggest opportunity we have for making sure we we stop going from this feast of famine, having to switch into hustle, I've got to sell again mode, and really a lot of us put that off. We sort of hold back and go, oh, I don't want to do it, and, we, and we'll do try and do other things and procrastinate. The easiest way is to have a system that's doing it, that's generating those leads and converting those leads into. Into coaching, into coaching clients, time after time, day after day, on autopilot, and that's what we should be setting up to create that S that asset.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, we want to we want to take this stuff, start using it as coaches. It's a totally um, logical. It's, it's the same process that you're going to use to sell a, a membership or a piece of cake or anything else you can sell you can use to sell high ticket coaching using emails to nurture emails to move people to application emails to move people to a call and emails to move people to the sale right if you want to grab all those campaigns go and check out the uh, and I think you'll start using this stuff really fast
1: amazing so hopefully please go and use this stuff coaching friends let us know what you do with it leave us a review on apple podcast wherever you get your podcasts and let us know what you've done with this information let us know that you enjoy in the show as well let's get this week's subject, subject line of the week, week. subject line of, of the week. week what have you got for us rob this guy is
0: selling our stuff exclamation mark shocked emoji <laughs> um, uh, i really is- like
1: this this was um i saw this one recently i really like this
0: This is basically just, this is the definition of how we try and grab people's attention with an opening hook, right? Um, So basically, uh, we did a partnership with um, Rich Sheffron from the website Steal Our Winners, where basically we jumped on as a guest contributor to his platform, where we recorded a session about one of our campaigns or a couple of our campaigns, and then he takes those and he sells them. Um, and basically people join and there's a membership on the back end and we can promote it and he can promote it and all of that great stuff it's really good for him because it's great content really good for us because it builds our audience and our our stuff and we make money out of it too and so basically looking for what's an interesting hook that we can get people to go and open the email with and it was this guy is selling our stuff now of course as soon as they get into the email we go it's cool we've partnered with him he hasn't stolen our stuff it just has that That sort of implication that maybe, oh my God, has somebody stolen Robin Kennedy's stuff and is now selling it on their own website (laughs) without being so clickbait? It's that fine balance between what's too clickbaity that people are going to be annoyed and upset when they open it, Uh, that we're always playing that tightrope, we're always walking that tightrope. So this week's is, uh, this guy is selling our stuff. Subject line of the week, subject line of the week.
1: Well, thank you so much for listening to the show this week. Hope you got some nuggets out of it. If you did, like I said, please do take a moment, 20 seconds, leave us a review on your podcast player, and we'd love to read it out on a future episode. It lets us know that you're listening, because at the minute we just don't know. We'd love to know that. And make sure you hit subscribe on your podcast player while you're in there as well, because we'll be back next week with another brand spanking new episode. Make of that what you will.